I was sitting here working on another episode, had calls lined up and even started a bit of recording. And then just like in dispatch, something I view as a potential priority, it sits right in front of my lap. Something that's already gaining some media attention and for the most part, seems like it's either false or deliberately being misled by that media attention. I really wish the fellow Brandons of the world would stay on the straight and narrow. Stop breaking the law. I just hate it when I ask for a suspect's name on the phone or something along that lines. And they say Brandon. I know it has nothing to do with me, but I just don't like sharing anything with criminals. This episode, we're going to start it out with another Brandon. This is out in Anaheim, California. No 911 calls on this incident, but you get to hear a lot of back and forth regarding a police pursuit. We've been over a few of these on the show before. Most dispatchers love a good pursuit. Kind of gets your heart rate up a bit. Makes time go by pretty quickly. There are a number of safety concerns, sure. But a good vehicle pursuit, it does get you going. This incident has also started up some local area controversy, which I mentioned a bit ago. But I'll get into that a little bit later. To start this out, let's imagine if you were sitting in the dispatch chair. It might be a nice, peaceful evening for you. Just sitting there working your radio for the afternoon or evening. Then you hear some pretty rapid chatter about something going on. And that's when we walk in. 6918, we'll, uh, be doing a 96X around Red Channel. Valencia, east of Newport. I think this is custom. 6918 on the 960X for Valencia, east of Newport. With the vehicle description and play, what was the one? So 503. Two, we got a couple marked units and several on flying cars. 10-4, we have marked. Uh, we're northbound, I'm sorry, southbound Red Hill from uh, Valencia. 10-4, Ferry to Yield, now southbound Red Hill. Now southbound Red Hill. Uh, we're going to have to go ahead and call it for soon. Southbound Red Hill from uh, Bell. And for Southbound Red Hill from Bell. 26 Angel Road, 97. Angels 1097, Duke, copy. Suspect Brandon Lopez. He's got a 200K plus in warrants for a 211 DV and other charges. Okay, copy that. You are 1011. Copy, there's a name suspect for Brandon Lopez. Duke, we copy. All right, team, we're at Warner and Red Hill. 10 4 Southbound Red Hill at Warner. What was the plate and the vehicle description? 26 K4. The Black Dog Charger is on the plate. And Angel, can you call it if you can? We can't call it because we're on final for John Wayne. The plate is 2021 Black Dodge Charger with the yellow front bumper at. Black Dodge Charger. Far through Carnegie. 2697 with a 503 and a wanted uh, 211 suspect with $250,000 in warrants. 503-211 suspect. A unit recovery through Dyer. 
26 state floor through deer. And we're requesting uh, some assistance from 31 if they if can help out. 1041 unit to assist. Do we have a weapon involved in the 211? 26K4 through the red at Alton. Through the red at Alton. He's reaching around down towards the floorboard. Interrupting a bit there. But what we have so far, what we pick up from this on the dispatch end of it anyway. And by the way, the dispatcher on this is doing an excellent job keeping up with all the traffic, relaying exactly the location updates things like that sometimes unless you have an an ear for it kind of hard to tell exactly what they're saying but the meat of this they're falling behind a suspect who has a lot of warrants the suspect brandon lopez he's wanted man on multiple charges seriously multiple charges he has warrants for six armed robberies all of which a gun was used in the commission of the robberies a domestic violence warrant as well as a warrant for driving on suspended license. Topped this off with him being currently right during this pursuit in a stolen car. They're following around, and the last thing I heard there was that he was reaching down on the floorboard for something. Someone who's been committing armed robberies with a gun, running from the police in a stolen car, that's not a good combination and not a good thing when he's reaching down on the floorboard of the car. Let's get back into it. And units involved also be advised he, uh, in the commission of his 211 envision, they're saying he used a firearm south crossing first street. <laughs> Northbound Baker, and he's like, just got a lot of cross traffic. There's Northbound uh, Baker through first. Okay, Northbound Baker through first. And again, in his 211, a firearm was used according to vision. Actually, through Baker. Through Baker. 3122 out. Something's wrong with his car. He looks like he might be stuck. Westbound, uh, Westbound Santa Ana at Bristol. And for Westbound Santa Ana at Bristol, possibly having vehicles stuck on the uh, train track. So if we get units, we'll probably get a 60X right here in the construction zone. Baker. Baker, 1042. copy vehicle is stuck on the train tracks, Westbound Santa Ana. All of this video portion of what I'm watching, which I will put on the show notes, the video being taken anyway, it's from a helicopter that's been following along for a while. When the suspect got stuck on these unfinished railroad tracks, he refused to come out of the car. Police ordered him to come out of the car, but he just simply wouldn't. For good reason, officers didn't want to rush the car. The guy was wanted by police for armed robberies while using a gun. He might have had a gun inside the car there with him. Luckily, his car can't move now, so there's less of a danger to the public as he isn't able to run anymore. But still, there's a situation. The vehicle, it gets stuck around 6 p.m. 
the suspect inside is not cooperating. At one point, an officer believes he sees a gun in his hand. The suspect starts smoking something. And at one point, he actually picks up his floor mats and puts them up on the window so it blocks out the view from the police officers. The next bits of the radio traffic I'm going to play on this. It's only portions that were released from the Anaheim Police Department, but these are very important pieces to this puzzle that's going on right there in front of the officers. I say they're portions because they actually skip around in time a bit. They're not all together. This isn't real time, so do keep that in mind. But I'll get back on the time thing, the time aspect of it, here in just a bit. Okay, he's reaching underneath both hands. the passenger seat. He's using both hands. Right, 31-272. Okay. Subject's reaching underneath the driver seat. Give me 10 three, 417, right hand. 417, right hand. Copy, 417 in the right hand. All right, 272, the subject appears to be smoking something from a foil. All right, 272, suspect is shaking his head that he won't come out. The suspect is starting to smoke through a straw. G20s for all the units here at the scene. Be advised, Anaheim SWAT is en route. So in the meantime, uh, we will continue attempt negotiation to have the subject surrender. From 272, we're continuing to give commands to surrender to come out of the vehicle, and he's refusing. Is covering something up in his waistband. He's taking off his uh, shirts. Just for info, we've been doing announcements for the last hour and five minutes. Suspect is just smoking more night. Suspect is opening the center console. Right, he's got a pen. And he got the pen. It looks like he's going to write something. All right, suspect is blocking the front windshield with the floor map. When they were saying there was a 417 in his right hand, 417 meant a weapon, a gun. He was smoking something in foil. That could have been a number of things. And then later on, Several minutes later, start smoking some more of it. Could be crack, could be meth. There's no real telling. I hadn't been able to find out, but I'm going to take a wild stab and say it wasn't some sort of a tobacco product. And this whole time, they're giving him commands to get out of the vehicle, and as you heard, he still refused to get out. The bits of radio traffic we heard, that all happened up until 9 p.m. It was after 9 p.m., actually. So they were sitting out there with this guy, asking him to come out of his car for over three hours. They were giving this guy more than enough chances to try to get out of it. HM3 units, uh, we are going to take over as the arrest team. We have our canine lethal, less lethal hands and shield team ready to go. So let's get the uh, units east of the suspect car to 
tactically back out and uh, find some hard cover to get behind uh, or redeploy to the command post if you don't have another assignment. We're going to have the uh, Santa Ana Teradyne uh, make some announcements. See this guy's along to give up now. 18 3 announcements being made, no change. Two twenty to the command post. Good. Uh, just be advised, I spoke to a family member of a suspect who advised that as of 1900 hours, he spoke with family and stated that he wanted to uh, suicide by cop. K-9 announcements given. The units on scene, the Anaheim team units started their announcements trying to contact this guy. The perimeter needs to be aware we are preparing a gas plant. To all units, gas plant will be initiated. Prior to initiating the gas plant, there will be a flashbang deployment. The one we just listened to on the radio was a member of the Anaheim SWAT team. He was there on the scene and was still trying to get this guy to come out of the car. The SWAT team's armored vehicle posted up right in front of the suspect's vehicle. At 9.57, they decided to go ahead with their gas plan, which would follow some flashbangs. Flashbangs, if you're not familiar, they're very loud and very bright, used to temporarily disorient the suspect. So the plan is to throw out some flashbangs and then bust out the windows with some tear gas. With the tear gas deployed, they're trying to fill up the car with the gas and also try with all this going on to hasten the guy's exit from the vehicle. After all, they have spent a long, long time on this guy. At this point, nearly four hours had been spent negotiating with this guy, trying to get him to come out of the car. If he had smoked crack or meth, as well as just being the criminal that he was, knowing that he's going to go away for a long time, the likelihood of him willingly getting out of the car at this point was pretty slim. They had to get this whole thing moving a lot quicker. Also past that, you may have heard that the part of their overall plan, they had the flashbangs and the gas, yes, but also had officers lined up with less lethal options like a bing bag gun, and they also had a hands-on team ready to go, a canine option, and a shield team for approach on the suspect. They had pretty much every avenue mapped out on this. But usage of any of these items and tactics, they all were dependent on what the suspect decided to do once he got out of the car. We move now to some audio from the body-worn camera of one of the SWAT officers there. First, after listening to that, let me just say, mainly because I'm an animal lover as well, the dog you heard barking was a police canine, and he was not harmed at all during this. He was just obviously excited when he saw the suspect running at him. The first bangs you heard were the flashbangs and the deploying of the gas. Almost immediately, 
the suspect gets out of the car the officers then call for him to get down on the ground more than once and the suspect is seen carrying a black object in his hand and starts running at some of the officers you hear still while officers are ordering the suspect to the ground other officers spot the object and start yelling gun 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 he runs towards the officers with that object and officers open fire on him at this point the suspect is face down on the ground with both of his arms underneath him they weren't sure of his immediate status and also wasn't sure if he was intentionally trying to conceal his weapon and just wait for officers to approach to use it so they used one of those bing bag rounds the less lethal that i was talking about earlier on to see if they got any kind of physical reaction from him which they didn't when they got over to him to try to render medical aid he was already deceased they rolled him over and found what that object was it was a black pouch with a crumpled up empty water bottle inside of it that looked as if it could have been deliberately shaped to look like a gun that's what was found underneath him that's what he was carrying when he ran towards the police officers at the very first episode i mentioned that this is getting some rather bad media attention the media and some officials are making it out like this guy was simply an unarmed man that was randomly killed by the police as you could hear with all that it was far from it six armed robberies currently in a stolen car violent past with domestic violence currently fleeing from the police in that stolen car barricades himself inside the stolen car refusing to get out and when he does he runs at the police with an object that if only viewed in the span of maybe two seconds could have easily been mistaken for a gun in the darkness of the night which it was at that point if i was an officer standing in front of this guy and all that happened i likely would have shot him too the national abc news website has an article regarding this and the headline is worded unarmed latino said to be having a mental health crisis shot to death by police in california another article i found had the headline two cities face fallout from police killing of a santa Ana councilman's cousin the suspect brandon lopez was the cousin of a councilman but this should have zero bearing on what happened here the councilman was quoted saying what it says to me is that the police do not have adequate skills or training to handle a mental health crisis a mental health crisis in the hands of police equals death this was given in an interview after the incident happened which during the incident apparently the councilman showed up and advised that he was also a trained mental health counselor and could help to try and de-escalate the situation he stated that the police were quote unprofessional aggressive disrespectful and refused to cooperate during this entire article not a single word is mentioned about the six warrants for armed robbery with a gun the only thing that was said regarding lopez criminally was that he stole a gun from his girlfriend regardless of who owned the car relation to him in one way or another the owner of that car felt it was necessary to call the police 
and report it stolen. Brandon Lopez made his own choices and committed violent crimes. His actions and his actions alone led to what happened here. At any point during this entire situation, he could have given up, but he chose not to. When flashbangs and tear gas were used, he could have exited the vehicle slowly and laid on the ground. He didn't. He got out of his car and ran at the police with something that looked like a gun. You can claim all you want to that this was a mental health situation, which it might have had some aspects of it. It seemed that this man knew right from wrong and disregarded the right portion of it at every point willingly and on his own accord. In a situation like this, I will take officer safety into account 100% of the time. This seems to me a very easy open and shut case. The police in this, I believe, acted accordingly, and I hope that any investigation regarding this incident frees the officers there that were on the scene from any liability. I urge all of you to watch the video on this and see if you agree. Then afterwards, come over and have a chat with us in the discussion group on Facebook about it. I'll be asking a couple questions on there as well. Past that for this episode and further episodes, actually. For the past good while, I've neglected certain aspects of the show. Episodes being released on a regular basis, social media on Twitter and Instagram, and now adding TikTok, as well as Patreon. Let's just say that hectic and always busy is a fair way to describe my life in general. It happens to a lot of us. I try to dedicate as much time to this show as possible, but sometimes that time simply isn't enough to keep up with all aspects of the show, especially those things that are behind the scene. I'm starting to revamp and add some content to some of these things that I mentioned before, and I'm hoping I'll have a little bit more time to focus on the show a bit after the beginning of the year. But for now, let me go over some things that may interest more than a few of you. For those of you who are not a fan of the ads at the beginning or the end of the show, I've added a tier over on Patreon to get all episodes that will be released from the 1st of November, which as of now is a couple weeks ago. If you're contributing to that tier or above, you'll get all the new episodes from here on out without those ads at the front and back of the show. So now there is an option for no more dynamically inserted ads. Also on the next tier up, you'll get a t-shirt with the show's new logo and a thank you card sent directly to you. Just be sure to leave your mailing address when asked to do so. The ads and or the Patreon are they're actually both necessary to keep up the show, keep it up and running. There are quite a few expenses regarding the show and a lot of work is put into it regarding time that it takes to research the calls, get as much insider info as possible to the incidents, recording and then editing all the episodes, plus all the other stuff regarding social media side of things. You could easily make something like this into a full-time job and truth be told, I wouldn't mind having this as a full-time job. I do thoroughly enjoy it. So with that being said, I'm always grateful for any help that you can give to the show, so please share the show any and everywhere you can. 
Feel free to share posts on Facebook, retweet items on Twitter, do the same on Instagram. And if you haven't done so already, please give the show a good review on whatever platform you listen on, like Apple or Spotify, any of them. Suggest the show to friends, family, and coworkers, things like that. I'd love to see the show continue to grow, not just here, but also internationally as well. Feel free to send me an email or a private message on any of the platforms, because I do love hearing from all y'all. But that'll about do it for this one. For Music City 901, I'm Brandon, and y'all have a good one.